SRN Survival Radio Network. Facebook page. We encourage you to join the group. 
That way you stay updated and listen to our latest podcast and some of our older podcasts. All of our podcasts are on there. So, therefore, uh, we want you to stay tuned so that you can be informed. Now, we're also on iTunes. We encourage you to go, you know, take your iPhone, subscribe to iTunes, subscribe to the Weekly Wellness Show. It's free of charge. And the show that way comes to you automatically. We also want you to join us on our weekly wellness channel, YouTube channel. This is a place where you'll find more videos, more podcasts, and other health information. Now, if you have any questions or topics, don't hesitate to email me at draironwilliams at weeklywellnessshow.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at draironwilliams as well as on Instagram. Now, next week, we're going to be talking to you again about you know, some healthy uh, household products, among other health information. We're going to bring back uh, uh, one of the founders of True Products. If you haven't heard of True Products, it's a, a company out of Atlanta, Georgia, that manufactures healthier or environmental-friendly and health-friendly household products. They've got some new products coming out, so we'll be talking about – that's one of the topics we'll be talking about next week. So now this week, as of course, we have another exciting show for you along with some great topics. In our first segment, we're going to be continuing our conversation with Coach Bruce Hinkson, who, uh, as you know, is owner of the Orange Theory Fitness franchise in Barbersville, West Virginia. So he's going to carve out some time for us, and we're going to continue our conversation with him regarding fitness and leadership. In our second segment, we're going to have a career segment. Now, before, as you all know, I'm a pharmacist as well, and we've had a couple of pharmacists on to talk about, um, you know, the role of the pharmacist in the community. Uh, But today we're going to talk about the role of the pharmacy technician in the pharmacy. Because a lot of times when you go to the pharmacy, you may see the pharmacist, but you may not necessarily talk to him, and you may uh, more frequently uh, talk to the pharmacy technician. So we're going to talk to about that. And, of course, if you have an interest in this area, this is the show to listen to. So before we do that, we're going to take our first commercial break. So, ladies and gentlemen, please stay tuned so that you can be informed. Looking for a cafe with a home-like appeal where all who enter feel like they are part of something? Visit My Coffee Shop, located in East Lake, Atlanta, Georgia. MCS has a full breakfast and lunch menu, offering both hot and cold options, and is home of the amazing basil lemonade. But don't forget their assortment of freshly brewed coffees. Come on by at 2462 Memorial Drive, Atlanta, Georgia, 30317. We're pretty sure my coffee shop at East Lake will become your coffee shop too. iDope, iDope, globally inspired vision stylewear, a fusion of classic heritage and contemporary sophistication. An essential part of your lifestyle and fashion expression. iDope, iDope, vision stylewear for the fashion forward and socially conscious. Let's make this a dope world together. iDope, iDope. Available online at iDope.com. That's E-Y-E-D-O-P-E. iDope. 
www.thebigfoot.com. Survival Radio Network, with now more than 1 million downloads. Congratulations to the staff, producers, engineers, and hosts for your tireless pursuit of excellence. And thank you, our loyal listeners, for supporting this movement to inspire, motivate, and educate people worldwide. Survival Radio Network, Survival Radio Christian Network, and our new Survival Sports Radio Network broadcast top-notch shows Sunday through Saturday. Check us out by visiting our website at www.survivalradionetwork.us. SRN, we do radio one million strong. The S-R-N. Welcome back. Welcome back. It's great to have you. You are listening to the Weekly Wellness Show with over 1 million downloads on the Survival Radio Network. I'm sorry that has 1 million downloads. We're working on 1 million downloads at the Weekly Wellness Show. I'm your host, Dr. Aaron Williams. Before break, we talked to you a little bit about our past shows In our second segment, again, I mentioned we're going to have uh, Rachel Nash on, who is a certified pharmacy technician on. But first, we're going to go to our first segment, and we're going to be talking with Dr. – we're going to be talking with Coach Bruce, Coach Bruce Hinkson of Orange Theory Fitness. So for those of you who don't know, uh, Coach Bruce has been on the show uh, several times. He's been bringing us some great topics with regard to fitness and also has been telling us about some great things that's been going on at Orange Theory Fitness. So today is no exception. So without further delay, let's welcome to the show, Coach Bruce Hickson. Hello, sir. How are you doing? Been a long time. Coach Bruce, how are you doing? (laughs) I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Just uh, hiding away in the office. Right, right. We know that you are all uh, and always uh, uh, on the front lines of getting people healthier and doing some exciting things at Orange Theory Fitness. Fitness. So I'm I'm glad that you're able to to join us today to give us some more fitness uh, ideas and and some and continue our conversation that we had last time with regard to you know the importance of leadership. And, and taking control, so we're glad you're able to join us today. But but yeah, I'd like to. We'd like to go ahead and continue that conversation, Coach Bruce. Cool. All right, man. Yeah, sorry I uh, missed you last weekend. I was in Texas uh, speaking about some health and wellness stuff. So right. that was a uh, that was fun for me. So I'm always here to provide that information, and I love doing speaking events. So I'm, I'm glad to be back on the show, though. So thank right, you. Right, right. We're glad to have you. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Well, I just want to revisit. So uh, last last show, um, we spoke about different types of leaders. I was talking about the six different types of leaders. And we went through the first three, which was the unpredictable leader, the one where you never know what's going to go on. He's happy one moment. He's mad the next moment. He uh, yells at you and comes and gives you a hug. And that produces kind of the, the, the scared follower, you know. And right. most importantly, it creates a follower and not a leader within your organization. So when it comes to even with uh, with my position where I'm the – owner of Orange Theory Fitness, or even if I'm coaching someone through something uh, when it comes to their health and wellness, if I'm unpredictable with them, if I'm unpredictable with my staff or I'm unpredictable with a client, how can they trust me? 
you know, how can I help them build uh, their better future if I'm unpredictable? I don't even know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. So the unpredictable leader. So that's one of the negative ones. Uh, a domineering leader was the second one we spoke about in regard to the my way or the highway uh, right. leader. You know, the person who swoops in, uh, I don't like this, I don't like that, you know, my way or the highway. Or, if you don't like it, you get out. That creates a scared <laughs> follower. Yeah? Not good. <laughs> nope, nope, nope. And you'll get some compliance, but you won't get somebody who's bought in, you know, to the Not to your long, vision. Not right. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. It, the dominator leader, and then most most annoying one is the passive leader, the one who doesn't really care. He's a leader, but, you know, some things are going on. He just overlooks it. Like we have a disruptive employee, a negative employee, or even with health and wellness, you, know, you have a client who, you know, you lay out a plan or something for them, and they're, well, I didn't feel like doing this. I didn't feel like doing that. And you're just kind of passive. Like, okay, cool. You know, it doesn't, let's just move on to the next thing instead of addressing what's the, the problem at hand. You know, that's the passive leader. And that right. one is probably the worst one because, you know, as a unpredictable leader, at least you're addressing a, a situation. A domineering leader, you address a situation. A passive leader, you're just letting a Monday fall on a Thursday, as I like to say, you know. So <laughs> that's where yeah. you don't want to do that either. Uh, so those yeah, are the like first that. three. Go ahead. Right. Yeah, we talked. Yeah, well, I remember that we talked about the first three, and then I guess now you were going to come back and talk about the remainder, um, yep. and uh, yep, yep, yep. and focus on on the on the, what makes a good leader, the positives. Yeah, the positives. You know, so um, I like to talk about a healthy leader. You know, a healthy leader is someone who's transparent. You know, you could trust them. They um, lead a healthy lifestyle them, themselves, not only mm-hmm. with fitness and wellness but the way they speak, uh, the way they carry themselves, and uh, even down to the way they dress. You know, being a healthy leader, you know, I know you're, you're a leader of your community, you know, um, being a pharmacist, everything like that, so the way you present yourself even uh, represents who you are, and that's what a healthy leader is there for, you know, very transparent, and you know that this person's going to do what they said they're going to do. You know, so that's the healthy leader, and I think that's an important one, too, um, because y- you have a following. You have someone who's going to believe in what you say. You're going to have someone that's bought into your vision, and you get to help them reach their goals. That's the healthy leader right there. Right. And then, yeah, uh, I, I agree. That's a two, it's always a two-way street. you got to, you know, I, I think the, 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 the CEO or whoever is responsible for recognizing the vision of the organization, but you also got to help the people who, are your, who you're following to get to where they want to be. And, and 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 see where they fit in this organization or whatever you're trying to do, whether it's fitness, trying to say, well, where do I fit with regard to to this? So, yeah, I agree. It's, it's a two-way street on that. Absolutely. It is a two-way street. And then that brings me to what, you know, the, the twist in the healthy leader is an empowering leader. You know, and that's, that to me is the most important one. You know, when I said the passive leader is the most annoying one, the empowering yeah. leader is the most important one because, yes, it, as a leader, you have followers, but you want to be able to be the leader who's coaching others to be leaders, coaching your staff to be leaders, coaching your clients to be leaders in their own life, you know, and not always depending on you. If I have a client who I'm starting off in a nutrition coaching program mm. or any program for that matter, I want to know that we're instilling healthy habits step-by-step, step, building that big staircase one step at a time where 
they can take off running, kind of like, you know, you're, you're raising that, that child or, you know, that bird that finally opens his wings and flies. It's uh, learning, you know, that's what you want to do with the clients. That's what I want to do. That's why I, I preach that very much with my staff. Um, I'm big with them reading books, uh, especially books that empower them. Uh, I'm big on their vision. Like, what do you have for a vision? I know you don't just want to work for me for the rest of your life. So what's your right, vision? Right, you know? right, right. That's yeah. You're just being open and honest about it. <laughs> just say, hey, look, yeah. I know you don't want to. You're not. You're not, your plan is not to work for me for the rest of your life. But how can I help you get to your goals and 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 provide a better service to the to the to the people at Orange Spirit Fitness? Yeah, go ahead. I like that. Yeah. So exactly. So as a as a leader myself, you know, I had. Um, I've been blessed to have the mentor that I have, you know, um, been blessed to work with some people who are high in the fitness industry and just high in life, you know, uh, businesses only running multi-million dollar businesses. And, you know, I get to rub shoulders with them because that's what I always wanted. That's what I, I put out in the universe. So I want that mentor. So I guess I don't make as many mistakes, you know, so I want somebody who's going to empower me so I can empower the people that are, you know, looking up to me to lead them. And uh, once again, that builds trust because you can have followers all day. But right. then again, you know, like that wears off also. So you want to build people up to be their own person, live a life to their fullest, you know, and improve all the areas they want to improve, whether it's family, whether it's health, whether it's finances. And that is my ultimate goal in my life, and that's my calling is to empower those around me. So I'm, I'm very blessed that uh, I have a pretty awesome platform in OTF to do right. that. Right. Yeah, I, I can see how this is very important because when they come to you for coaching, you, you know, you establish yourself, you know, obviously as the leader because that's why they're coming to you for coaching. But I think you leave that venue open or that channel or tunnel open to, for them to see themselves. Hey, where do you want to be? And you know, I've seen uh, a lot of the things that that you that OTF has on their Facebook pages, kind of like the before and after with regard to some of your clients. You know how they came in in the beginning, and then how they actually, uh, you know, look now after taking part in the program. And uh, so I think that's that's evidence, uh, Coach Bruce, that a lot of things that you all are implementing are doing quite well. Thank you. I'm very blessed with the staff that I have. You know, I have highly motivated uh, staff members who are who are looking to highly motivate others and the members and the clients. You know, so I'm blessed. You know, because you can't do this by yourself. You know, I can't uh, help everybody, but everybody can help one person. And I'm very blessed with that. And, and having people like you in my life where you're giving me a platform also where I can get the message out there of better health, better wellness, and I do greatly appreciate that. So when people come through those doors or, you know, some people aren't even in my vicinity or in my area, I get to help them across the nation, you know, improve right. their health and their wellness with, with nutrition, my nutrition coaching program, you know, where it's just establishing healthy habits because I'm not about the – let's cut this all out, chicken, brown rice, and broccoli kind of stuff, and no counting calories, that's not me. I want to know that we can change you from the inside out and get to see yourself in a different light when it comes to health, wellness, nutrition, uh, family. You know, that's important. And those are the, the key components to just, you know, changing that whole mindset of I can't do this to I can do this. Right. That That is excellent. There's some great things going over there. And I invite everyone to check them out. Uh, uh, on your Facebook page because you have a lot of before and afters. Uh, what, what? Give us that information, Coach Bruce, before we go, so they can check out some of the things that you've been doing. What's the? How do they get to you on Facebook? 
Well, you get my personal Facebook is where a lot of stuff is on. You know, uh, yeah. Bruce Hinkson, last name is H I N C K S O N. So that's a big one. Uh, Orange Theory Fitness, Barbersville. That's B A R B O U R S V I L L E. That's Orange Theory Fitness, Barbersville is our Facebook page. But those two main things right there are big, um, and you'll see a lot of the a lot of the efforts that have been put in. And I'm always here to help those that need help. You know, I do a lot of speaking events. You know, I travel for that. So I'm always here to motivate and encourage and empower people to do better than what they thought they could. Uh, so those are the two avenues right there. And you can also give us a call at 304-521-1500. Excellent, excellent, excellent. Well, you know, I think we're glad to have you back on the show, uh, Coach. I know you've been busy. You've been to Texas. You've been to uh, in, in upper parts of Ohio doing uh, yep. doing uh, uh, lectures and speeches and and really teaching people how to be healthy and well uh, healthy and well so that's a great thing so of course uh, our invitation to have you back on the show is always open so we greatly appreciate it I know you got a nutrition class coming up so we're going to let you get to that but we appreciate you coming on the weekly wellness show this week I appreciate the invite it's always a pleasure this is tons of fun for me so. Thank you very much, and I'll, I'll hear from you soon. Okay. All righty. Well, with that, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we'll go to our second commercial break. So don't touch that computer. Don't touch that iPhone. Don't touch that iPad. Stay tuned so you can be informed. Do you have a business, product, service, or an event coming up? Is your current marketing getting you nowhere? Survival Radio Network is an award-winning network with over 1 million downloads. We're offering high-exposure 30-second spots on our network, reaching diverse demographics both locally and nationwide. Give us a call at 323-977-8172 or visit our website at www.survivalradionetwork.us today. SRN. We do radio. Do you have tax issues, owe back taxes, or need tax relief? Contact L&B Tax Service today. L&B offers you over 15 years of expertise and first-class tax service for individuals, professionals, and business owners. With nationwide service, you can easily find a location near you. Contact one of our tax professionals through our website, lbtaxservice.com. That's www.lbtaxservice.com. L&B Tax Service Incorporated. Tax professionals that you can trust. Do you know that having a dirty filter in your heating and air system can cause major damage to your unit, include the air in your home? Having proper maintenance to your heating and air system is just like getting a tune-up on your car. Because you want today and avoid spending unnecessary money tomorrow. Call Temperature Design Heating and Air today. 
770-823-7160. That's 770-823-7160. Hi, I'm Ryan Seacrest for RAD. Over 300 people in this country are killed every week by a drunk driver. That's the equivalent of two 747 plane crashes every single week. And the problem isn't going away unless we all do our part to stop it. So if you see someone who's about to drive after drinking, get the keys. Don't leave it up to anyone else. Friends don't let friends drive drunk. A public service announcement brought to you by RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. The S-R-N. Welcome back. Welcome back. It's great having you here on the Weekly Wellness Show on the Survival Radio Network. I am your host. I'm honored to be your host. Dr. Aaron Williams. In our first segment, we talked with Coach Bruce about the role of your coach, the role of leadership in general, and how it's important to see those roles in the beginning so that both coach or leader and follower or person seeking coaching can understand how they can get to where they need to be. Now, in our second segment, in our career segment, as I mentioned to you earlier at the beginning of the show, we wanted to talk about the pharmacy. And on this show, as you know, we've had several pharmacists on talking about the role of your pharmacist, your local pharmacist, in your health care. We think that's very important uh, because a lot of times you see the pharmacist or go to the pharmacy more than you see your doctor. So it's very important. And also, if you're getting medication that becomes very clear that you need to understand when to take it, why you're taking it, and understand some side effects and possible complications. But a lot of times when we go to the pharmacist, a lot of us see the pharmacy pharmacist in the background, and you notice a lot of other people that are there in the pharmacy. I wanted to enlighten you on some of the roles that other people have and other healthcare professionals have with regard to dispensing your medication. So I thought it would be a great idea if we talk about the role of the pharmacy technician, but also talk about, in case someone wants to be a pharmacy technician, what they would need to do. So I've invited on the show a certified pharmacy technician that's working at one of the major chains in the Atlanta, Georgia area. She has a lot of experience with this. She enjoys what she, she does. So let's welcome to the show, without further ado, Rachel Nash. Hello. Hi, Rachel. Hi, how are you? <laughs> Doing pretty well. Uh, awesome. I know that you've had a busy day uh, working when you're not at the pharmacy. You're doing some other things with family and kids, but you took out time to come on the week wellness show to tell us about something that you do uh every day and i greatly we greatly appreciate that i'm honored to be here thank you for having me great great now a lot of people know you know before i was a physician i, I was a pharmacist uh still still am licensed and registered pharmacist so i know a lot about the field needless to say uh and we've had several pharmacists on the show to talk about the role of the pharmacist but uh, as I mentioned, uh, a lot of folks don't know 
uh, about the role that other, or they may know, but they don't know in depth about the role that the pharmacy technician uh, has with regard to this and helping the pharmacist uh, with dispensing medication. So I want to bring you on to talk about that and, uh, you know, kind of enlighten people. Um, how, how did you get interested in this, Rachel? I mean, was this something that, that uh, was there some key point that, or, or key event that brought you into this? How did you get interested in serving in the pharmacy? Well, to, um, in the beginning, when I first started working in the pharmacy, it was actually, um, I started as a pharmacy cashier. So mm. there was no um, interest, the uh, expertise. Yeah, handling the money. There was no uh, um, expertise required for that. But um, once I was back there, I was exposed to what technicians did and what the pharmacists did. And I was blessed to be introduced to that and saw that I really was interested in that, about um, people taking their medications and the importance of taking their medications um, and getting the instruction and education that they need to take the medicine correctly. Um, and because it's very important to help maintain their uh, their health conditions. So I took the initiative with uh, the help of my pharmacist back then to learn about the different aspects about pharmacy and becoming a pharmacy technician and to get certified. So um, that's how I initially got introduced to pharmacy, and I um, I enjoyed it. I loved it, and I've been doing it for quite a while now. Wow, great, great. So just being in that environment and seeing how, one, you can help people, uh, two, understanding the operation that goes on with that, you know, kind of motivated you. That is great. Now, with mm-hmm. regard to that, when you decided, when you talked to this pharmacist, and you t- I guess you, I'm quite sure you talked with ph- pharmacy technicians about this, um, what, that, what, what did they tell you about the training? And when you decided to do this, how did you select an avenue or a program to be a certified pharmacy technician? So back then when I started, um, I had the opportunity to work with my company um, to get the certification, and they gave me the educational materials that I needed, and hmm. I was diligent enough to learn with the pharmacist and with uh, the educational materials back then. And I uh, sat for the pharmacy um, pharmacy technician exam and passed it. Um, but now there are a lot more avenues that are available for pharmacy technicians who are interested in becoming certified. So there are classes that are offered at um, online and at local um, at local uh, community um, type schools that mm-hmm. do this, there's um, some classes are offered through a large, um, like the company I work for is pretty large, so they offer classes to people who need to be certified. So um, they do some training classes for that um, to pre- help prepare you for taking the certification exam, which is done na- um, like a standardized national exa- examination. Wow, wow, that is interesting. So some of the companies or out there, and, and I guess someone could be in the same scenario that you were in. You were already working for the company and decided to, uh, you know, serve the country, co- co- uh, the company in another direction, and they were able to assist you. Now, someone on the outside, um, I guess mm-hmm. they would just um, either go to their, uh, search their local community college or or go online and try to find a, a local course. Would that be a yes. way to do that? 
yes, that that's um, a great way to start. Um, I would look into um, if there's so. It, my suggestion would be is to figure out what you would like to do. Is this is um, there's uh-huh. a difference between working in a retail pharmacy versus a hospital pharmacy. There are different requirements for those things. Um, in the in the regards that you know they meet different um, criteria. So if you need something that's more flexible for your schedule, um, because mm-hmm. you might have a family or you might be uh, going to school full time or something like that, you might want to work in a retail setting because they're open. A lot of them are open 24 hours a day, and they end up having um, you know flexible scheduling. Versus a more rigid schedule might be in a hospital um, setting or in you know certain um, uh, like assisted living facilities, they have a more rigid schedule. I don't know about their flexibility, but um, in in having that to talk to them to see what uh, requirements they have. A lot of the pharmacists, especially the ones I worked with, have spoken with people about what they need to do, and they've suggested where to go, especially in the local areas, to help mm-hmm. them get uh, certified and trained. A lot of the programs I've seen can be as little as one year and as much as two years, depending on how um, rigid your schedule is. So you mm-hmm. can get the training and the background um, and the information you need so you can sit for the certif- uh, the certification exam. Mm. Well, what type of, uh, and speaking of the, of the training, what are some of the courses that one might take uh, during this uh, during this year, nine months, of, or, or, or whatever length of type of program they take? I'm assuming there's some math involved. I'm quite sure there's some, and if it is, what level is that? And what are, what are some other subjects that they would take? during this training process? Well, luckily you don't have to know calculus or anything like that. Cause <laughs> yeah. That would not. <laughs> but um, it does require you to have um, uh, some understanding of math um, to be able to um, calculate the uh, dosings and things like that. And to do, if you work in a hospital pharmacy, you have to be able to do dilution factors. So you have to have some advanced level math of um not necessarily um, geometry or anything, but I would say along the lines of algebra, be able to handle um, finding out what X is and for the equations, um, and then also being able to do conversion factors. So you have to also know a little bit of science about, um, you know, solution and um, and transfusions and things like that, depending on what area, again, you're doing for, like, IVs and maybe even making um, uh the medicines for patients to do their tests for, uh, for example, like if some of them do, um, you know, like, uh, forgive me, I forgot the term for it, but like when you go for like an MRI and you need to have certain dyes, um, right. you know, they have to have a calculations for all of those. So um, they would, you need to have some level of science, um, basic understanding of that. And it's also uh, probably uh there's definitely pharmacy and pharmacokinetics, uh, some basic levels of those and understand, being able to understand medications and how they might work and, ha- and knowing um, the understanding of how like, um, like certain medications or classes of medications work would also, there'll be an exposure in, um, or training for that as well. Right. Interesting. Right. So you're right. The kinetics part, you know, that's, I guess basically, you know, how the drug moves through the body, how it is absorbed, how it's metabolized, how it's distributed and excreted. And like you mm-hmm. said, you know, it's it's kind of like this basic level 
uh, not necessarily uh, to the level of a pharmacist, uh, but mm-hmm. at least uh, the, the technician is trained enough so there at least can be, you know, a conversation or communication with regard to that and therefore, uh, you know, help facilitate, you know, and minimizing any type of medical errors. Uh, is there, are there any yeah. type of uh, prerequisites involved? Uh, I'm assuming one at minimum at least needs to have a, a high school uh, diploma. It is required to have at least a high school diploma or a uh, GED um, in mm-hmm. order to be able to attend those classes. And it's also uh, required for the for you to be able to sit to take your certification exam as well. Um, in addition to um, having your high school diploma or GED, you have to have a criminal background check done. You also uh. need to get fingerprinted. And um, a lot of states, depending on which state you're in, there uh, might be more specific requirements for that. But just for the certification itself, um, they would require you to do that because um, especially nowadays um, with all that's been going out out there, they want to make sure they understand who's um, certified or getting certified and who maintains certified. And also on the on the once you do get certified, for those individuals, they have to keep in mind that they still need to um, be diligent about what they do and how they do it because getting in trouble with the law um, yeah. on certain aspects could um, get their certification taken away from them or um, removed. Wow. Right. Yeah. You, I guess. Yeah. They're. Yeah, like you said, with the opioid epidemic and and all the other things that are going on with the with the phar- pharmaceutical field, uh, you know, mm-hmm. this is a, a regulated profession. Um, it's regulated, okay. you know, just like the pharmacists, just like the doctors. You have to go get a license. Uh, you have to. You're governed by the board uh, of, of pharmacy in your state. So, uh, you know, on the on the uh, on the input part, they want to know that you uh, haven't had a background that would cause a problem in the, in the future and uh like you said after you get done it's not over you still have to maintain mm-hmm. a good sense of practice uh with that yep. now, now how did you select a training program i i guess uh or, or maybe i should say what would you recommend if someone was looking at a program and and how would one what does they, they keep in mind when they picking a picking a program to get trained I would definitely speak with those who are um, doing the admissions for the program to speak with them about the length of the program and the requirements that they have to meet um, if they help with, um, if they cover the cost of the certification exam and Mm. when um, do they offer additional training for um, what do you call like the practice tests for the certification exams. And then um, also to talk with them about um, placement after they get certified. Do they help with um, placing those who do pass uh, the certification or obtain their certification with um, getting them into the hospital or retail settings so they can get you know, on the, I mean, whether on the job training and afterwards to get hired at that place for um, being a pharmacy technician. Mm-hmm. And um, because just giving you the information to uh, sit for the test is one thing, but being able to be trained to sit for the test and giving you practice for that. And then also the ultimate goal for this is so you can get a job in the area. And um, right. if they ha- can help you get the job or if they can tell you how many of their um, 
of their students end up getting a job and where they get a job at would be uh, a good, I guess, selling point for what program you should join. Right. Now, now you mentioned, and, you know, this is one of the, the, the positive sides. And one reason I selected, you know, uh, pharmacy as a profession was, you know, a lot of people think that, you know, when they think of a pharmacist, they, they think of only the retail setting. They only think of, you know, being in the drugstore. But you alluded to this earlier. Pharmacists and pharmac- uh, pharmacy technicians work wherever there's a pharmacy. And that could be mm-hmm. in a hospital uh, it could be at an extended care facility. Uh, it could be in a lot of different areas. So you don't necessarily have to work in the in a, in a retail setting. You know, you can work in a, in a, in a hospital setting. Uh, now, is the training uh, that that you all go through is does everyone get the same training so they are prepared to work in either environment, or is the is the training curtailed to well, if you're going to do retail, you need to do this, or if you're going to do hospital. You gonna you you'll take this track. No, there the training is the same overall. It's just um, when you decide which way you want to go, you're going to end up using one or more of your training um, in those specific areas. But you are right about I want to say at least seventy percent of pharmacy technicians do work in retail pharmacies. Um, mm-hmm. That's these big chains that you see on the corners of the streets um, and things like that. Um, but um, the rest of them that work in other pharmacies, for example, hospital settings, they don't focus on, um, like, preparing medications for the entire month for a patient because this is usually for hospital stay. So you're working on single dosing and last-minute changes to medications and verifications of those things and making sure that those are accurate. You're looking at more of working with IV fluids or, like I mentioned, about getting um, – medicines that you need to so you can get your testing done for those CAT scans or MRIs and things like that. So you're talking about one-time dosing um, typically. Um, Mm -hmm. When you work in retail pharmacy, you're not looking at doing IVs and things like that. So there's not a lot of dilution factors and mixing that's involved with those. If you work at compounding pharmacies, those are those specialty pharmacies, mm-hmm. you got to learn about uh, what medications can mix with others. So you get exposure to all of these in the training or the classes that you take, or you should at least. Um, mm-hmm. But <laughs> how much of it you use um, is what is depends on what area you go into. So you have to know if you're making a um, if you're uh, crushing a um, a tablet to for so a kid can take it into a solution. You need to know what it can mix into and what the base is and you know things like that, but you know um, those are those are all exposed um, mm-hmm. educational information that's given to a student when they are doing their training. Um, but a lot of it also happens, you know, uh, on board training once they arrive at the area that they're going to be working in, so they can get the understanding of how that specific pharmacy handles things and how they would like it to be done. But the goal is so you can have that base or foundation knowledge of how to ha- for it to happen. Mm-hmm. Now, during the training, uh, does one get to, uh, I guess, work in those different settings? To say, hey, you know, I, you know, to sit back and say, hey, you know, I worked in the hospital and I worked in retail and I worked in this. I think I'm going to choose this. Uh, is that opportunity given? 
Well, it also depends on the program that you select, and that's another thing talking to the admissions people about. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, we'll uh, get, let you know what is available and not. A lot of them might only put you into one place, which is um, the easiest place for them to place somebody for an internship, which would probably be a retail setting. But if you really want to get that exposure in compound pharmacy or mail-order facility or a hospital or an assisted living facility, then that's one of the questions that I would definitely suggest that the student ask the program um, or the admissions person about, do you have these opportunities where I can get, um, you know, can learn or train in these areas as an internship? And, you know, if that's an area that you're interested in, um, then I would definitely use that as the motivational factor of which program that you select. Right, right. Yeah, so, you know, I guess with any program, you know, there's there's a lot of, you know, programs out there, and you want to see which one is best for you. You, you want to mm-hmm. see what it takes to get into a program, but like you said earlier, you want to understand what pathways or how can this program help you once you uh, get through the training. Number one, mm-hmm. one thing they should probably ask is, what is your passing rate on the exam? And then mm-hmm. two, uh, likely also, what are your what are your students doing? What are your past students doing? Mm-hmm. Where are they? Where are they now? Uh, mm-hmm. uh, and that way, you can kind of see what program might be better and suit your needs. Um, so, are are any? And you mentioned some of the courses being online. Um, I'm, I'm assuming are there are there are there some courses that are purely online, or there's got to be some didactic face to face. No class time. I'm sure that there are some only online programs, and I don't want to say um, that they're not useful, but I (laughs) would prefer that the didactic (laughs) ones would be better because you have that face-to-face training and you get some, um, you know, real time. And there might, I mean, the online programs I think are awesome to some degree, but there's some things that you need hands-on exposure to and things like that. Um, and I think that uh, I have not seen all the online programs or been exposed to them, so I can't say if they're not good. But um, the goal is that you want to be exposed to what you're interested in. And um, um, I don't if, – if the program is only available online, then I, I guess if that's what you're interested in and or only can do that, then you need to make sure that whoever you're speaking with, your instructors – um, that they're when they're available and how you can get in touch with them, making sure you have um, access to these individuals so you can get your questions answered and uh, make sure that everything is clear um, for what you need to take away from this. Um, the The goal is to help put you in a place in a better position so they can uh, so you can have what you need when you're finished with the program. A lot of people might end up selecting a program because it might be fast and it might be cheap. And even mm-hmm. though those are things that you should take into consideration, but you also want to look at, like you had mentioned, you know, what's the passing rate? What's, uh, where's the placement of your previous students? Where are they at now? Um, you know, uh, what do you offer for um, internships and trainings? Where do you place people? What, uh, what, how do you, I, you know, do you have placement afterwards? You know, things like those are important because we're talking about a long-term goal. Right, right. And this training um... – you know, you know, a lot of people when you, you know, I, I guess I would think most people, if this is a career that, like you said, it's not short term. This is a career, or at least something you want to build upon. 
you only have one time mm-hmm. to train. Now, don't get me wrong. You know, I guess you know, in everybody's career, they learn something new every day. But that core basic initial training has got to be good. And I would think yep. one would want to get exposed to you know different environments, have some good training so they're prepared. And I would I would shudder to think that uh, someone is going to come behind uh, the counter or enter a pharmacy, uh, and this is their first time. So I would I would think that yeah. like that. You know, having some, having a lot, quite a bit of didactic class exposure as well as on-the-job pharmacy and being in a pharmacy uh, uh, exposure is going to be uh, something that's very key. And then the other thing, mm-hmm. you need to know what who you're interacting with. You know, in retail, uh, as you mentioned earlier, you got to you're dealing with a lot of face time with customers. And as you mm-hmm. know, when you deal with the public, <laughs> not everybody that comes up to the <laughs> counter is the same. You got nope. different attitudes. You got yep. the older guy who's not willing to wait. You got the mother mm-hmm. that comes up with the kids in the car, even though they probably shouldn't be in the car. Or, mm-hmm. you know, somebody who's waiting, who's keeping the kids at home, and they come by and, you know, number one, they're mad because the prescription is not ready. Uh, they want to know mm-hmm. why. Uh, also, at the same time, uh, they want to check out all the other doodad things that are in the pharmacy, uh, you know, like, you know, diapers and extension cords, mm-hmm. all the stuff that you don't have anything to do with. They also want to check that out at the same time they check out the medicine. So I guess my point is, you know, you're going to be interacting depending on where you are with the public. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. if that's not something you want to do, uh, you either, either decide not to go that route, maybe work in the hospital setting, or, uh, you know, kind of hone your people skills. And I'm quite sure, uh, you know, being a pharmacy technician in a retail setting, uh, you run across a lot of different personalities with customers. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, that's definitely true. And that's not something that they, I don't think they really teach you um, that in in the pharmacy training programs, um, those uh-huh. are just attributes that you have as an individual, and that's where you will learn what you really are made out of when you work in those retail settings. Um, because, like you said, you know you have all different personalities, all different characteristics, attitudes, and behaviors that come in there. And I take it, I look at it as a way is that they, they they if they're coming from a hospital or pharmacy, they just spent the last couple of days or the last several right. hours at a doctor's office. They're probably tired fatigued, exhausted, annoyed, and, you know, so they're not coming in with the, you know, who they are probably at their best, and so um, my job is not to make their life harder. It's to try to help them because they're not feeling well. Um, most of us are cranky we're not, we don't, when we don't feel well or we're taking care mm-hmm. of somebody who's not feeling well, so um, you have to have that mindset to say that um, not to take it personally if they do have an attitude towards you, um, but also try to make sure that, you know, um, like you said, know your audience, you know, if a patient's coming in to fill their uh, maintenance medication um, versus somebody who just came from the dentist and the Novocaine is wearing off and they need their antibiotic and pain medicine, you know, prioritizing who should be filled first and, but, you know, not putting everything on the back burner, you know, trying to get patients in and out, trying to understand their situation. I mean, and a lot of times the patients come up to us asking us for recommendations um, for stuff Mm -hmm. that's available over the counter without, needing a prescription so um because they get you know vague information from their doctor's office our goal is to try to make sure that you know whether they get prescription medication or over-the-counter medication that they still take it right um you know that they take it accurately like it's prescribed um and making sure that it 
meets the goal of what they're trying to do, um, especially during the flu season. You know, everyone's not well, and they're, you know, treating their symptoms and stuff like that. So understanding what medications work for which symptoms and helping them to get that. The pharmacist makes some recommendations, um, but our job as technicians is to make sure that we understand what their symptoms are so the pharmacist can make the accurate uh, recommendations and then helping them locate that medicine correctly. So, right. um, it's, I mean, and, but you also need to learn about the company itself and what they need to get done. You need to know the patients, you need to know the medications and how it works. Um, um, you know, and being accurate, being focused, being detail oriented, um, you know, prioritizing, you know, you even know how to need to know how to use the computer. Um, yeah, you have to be, yeah. you know, somewhat computer savvy. Those are all skills right. that you have to have and build on as you move forward and it's not like you just learn the medicines right now this is a very fluid environment so there's new medications coming in all the time Mm -hmm. and learning what those are and you know at least the understanding of what they're used for um it helps to move uh the process through the pharmacy a lot smoother and it helps the pharmacists out so they're not they don't have to answer every single question that comes to the pharmacy because Ideally, it would be great if a pharmacist could meet with every patient and talk with them, spend 10 minutes with each patient, but that's, that's not practical. Mm. So our job is to make the patient's lives easier and make the pharmacist's lives easier. Right. And, you know, it's considered that the pharmacy technician's role is kind of like the backbone of the pharmacy. Uh, there's a lot of behind-the-scenes things that you all do. Can you take us? You know, we got about seven minutes left. Can you take us through, uh, you know, some of the things that the pharmacy technician does, kind of like behind the scenes? Like, for example, I know you all are definitely involved in managing the inventory as far as ordering mm-hmm. and stocking and all of that. Mm-hmm. You know, what's a typical day uh, in your setting with regard to being a technician? Um, typical day is if it's dealing specifically with just managing the pharmacy, it is ordering, um, everything from what the pills go into to, um, what goes on the bottles, like the labels and, um, making sure that, um, we have the medications that we actually need to understanding. We, we have the computer does a suggestion of what needs to come in. We review those Mm -hmm. orders and then there's daily things that we need to order that, you know, during, winter season and making sure we have enough antibiotics or let's this flu season, making sure the medicine for the flu um, medications are in um, being diligent about, um, you know, uh, management of like uh, making sure that medicines that are stocked properly. So once it comes in, we get daily orders, making sure we put those things away. We have other supplies like diabetes medica- uh, maintenance stuff, like the test strips and the lancets and the machines that we use, blood pressure, understanding those, getting those things set up. We also work with um, directly with the doctor's office, calling pe- doctor's office for refilling their medications. If a medication isn't covered, asking the doctor's office to change it to something else that is covered um, or asking them to do a prior authorization um, working with third-party agencies like in insurance companies trying to get medications covered or, you know, if a patient's leaving early for vacation or they lost the medicines, working with them to get it covered, understanding why a medicine isn't covered. That's a big deal, um, right. <laughs> yep. So I'm um, trying to get that information for them. Also, just with um, when a patient brings us a prescription or we receive prescription electronically or over the phone, making sure it's complete 
certain classes mm. of medication require certain information, making sure that's all there, making sure it's clear and concise, making, um, entering it into the system, filling it, labeling it, getting it ready for the pharmacist to help uh, verify it before it actually goes out to the patient. So that's kind of and uh, mm-hmm. scratching the surface of what we kind yeah. of do on a day-to-day basis. And, and on top of this, you also have to maintain, uh, you're just like any other healthcare professional, you have to maintain patient confidentiality. So, uh, you know, you can't, you know, <laughs> uh, even though if you may know somebody and you can't go out and tell the world that, you know, I saw Joe in the pharmacy and he's taking this, uh, that's 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 a whole nother, that's a, that's a problem. Oh, yeah. So, that's, uh, people. Yes, it's it's everything from working right there in the pharmacy, like you know, so so patients there are there. We look up their information to make sure that we don't inadvertently leave patient information on the computer screens or paperwork around. We have to be diligent about that, so other people can't see it, their names and medications that they might be taking. But definitely, you know, kind of like what stays in uh, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. What happens in the pharmacy right. stays in the pharmacy type thing mentality. You know, if a, a famous um, artist yeah. came into the pharmacy and got right. a prescription, we're uh, we're not allowed to say, you know, they came right. to our pharmacy and this is what they got. I mean, that's not good practice. It's that's looking for uh, trouble with the individual themselves and with their company, and it's not worth it. But it does require a lot of, um, you know, paying attention to. You can talk about a situation, but you can't talk about details. You know, like if you, I mean, right. we, like, I might go home and, you know, complain to my husband saying, you know, I can't believe this happened today. But I don't, I don't mention names. I don't mention names. Um, types. Yeah, things like that. Um, because who doesn't like to talk about their day? Um, but right. Yeah, we right. definitely. No matter who they are. We, yeah. Mm. We, yeah, we practice uh, uh, keeping inf- personal information safe. And our, we have to take extra precaution to make sure that we don't inadvertently or purposely divulge any information. Excellent, excellent. Well, we've got a, two minutes left, but I, I always want to ask the crucial question that a lot of people ask. Uh, are you, mm-hmm. If you had to do it all over, would you do it again? And, um, and what I, a lot of statistics I show that not only is this is a, a good field, it's a growing field. In fact, it's expected to grow uh exponentially over the next uh 10 years uh so uh uh so would you say that it would be a good feel would you recommend this for someone definitely if you like patients you like helping them helping them understand educate them making sure that they want to um, take care of themselves better um, helping yourself and your family understand medications and those around you, it is a great field to be in. I don't ever see this going away anytime soon because right. as long as we're humans and we're around, we are going to get sick. We do want to feel better. And learning how to do that the best way possible is learning and knowing how um, the body works in our system and how the medicine works itself and understanding like not to over-medicate yourself or under-medicate yourself if you have an acute situation how to handle that versus a chronic one it's it's a great area to be um like you said build upon whether you do this to become a pharmacist later in life or a a medical doctor or you know anything in the healthcare profession i think having this as a uh, a basic foundation is definitely a good stepping stone in the direction that you're heading in excellent Excellent. and i would definitely and i would if i had a chance to do it again 
Would I do it again? I would. I would. I love it. <laughs> that is great. That is great. Well, Rachel, we're so glad that you're able to, 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 to come by the weekly wellness show and share this information, share uh, uh, some of your uh, career experiences and the what and the why, and and also tell people how they can continue to, you know, how maybe they can take upon this career and keep people healthy. So I'm glad that you're able to come by. And, and as I always tell my guests, don't think because you come on the show once, you can't come back on again. So we, we look forward to having you on uh, in the near future. Would so love thanks to. Thanks a lot. Would love to. Thank you. Thank you for having me. All right. Well, great. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that concludes another episode of the Week of Wellness Show. If you missed any part of this, don't forget to listen to our podcast. Taking us out is a group of jazz artists better known as In Groove. So until next week, be happy, be healthy, and be kind.